This is a Locker Room Production. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Locker Room Live Trade Deadline Reaction Show. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. Uh, we saw that Scott Lawton was not traded today. He was re-signed for five years at $3 million a year. At first, I read it like three years at $5 million a year, and I was like, what did they just do? But actually, that's not too bad. They have a nice, uh, nice useful player to, uh, you know, gives them lineup flexibility over the next few seasons. Uh, he's a he's a heart and soul guy. I, I like Scott Lawton. I would have liked to see him uh, moved and some sort of return brought in. But if, if if he's here for the foreseeable future, you could do a lot worse than Scott Lawton. You can play him anywhere in the lineup. He's a useful guy. Uh, you know, first-round pick. Been through it with this team. Like it. Uh, they moved on from Raffle. A uh, eight-year odyssey of Michael Roffle in Philadelphia comes to an end. And Eric Gustafson, a uh, several-month odyssey, comes to an end of uh, maybe Chuck Fletcher's uh, worst acquisition? Probably. Um, guy doesn't have a spot in the lineup. He's, uh, you know, been surpassed on the depth chart by basically everybody in the organization. So, um, you know, I bet you if they could have pulled off a trade, Gustafson for Friedman straight up, they would have done it. So here we are uh, reacting to the trade deadline. We have some speaker requests already. I plan on getting to you pretty much immediately because, uh, hey, why not? It's it's your show. Like I always say, it's the listener's show. So let's kick things off with our old pal, Nikki Hall. Nikki, you are live on the post game. Post game? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Trade deadline. I don't know. I have this. Sh- I'm a robot. I just, I just talk, and you know, sometimes oh, the right shit fair. don't come out. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. But no. Um. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't expecting much from today, but then again, I'm kind of just sitting there scratching my head. Like, I don't know. During work today, during my shift, I was just like, I was constantly trying to find excuses to be on, to you know, take eat eat something, do something. Just be like, all right, they making the move yet? They making the move yet? And I'm just like. And, I, and I'm sitting here thinking in my head, like, watch. The minute I get done, and I was done at three today, I was like, watch. The minute I get done, there's going to be a move. And sure enough, I'm signed on to Facebook <laughs> not even a half hour after I'm done. And I'm like, oh, they made a move while I was working. I'm just like, are you guys freaking serious? You wait until 3 p.m. to freaking make a deadline deal? Like, oh, man. Yeah, they uh, and we've talked about this basically for the last two weeks. Uh, the major moves, if they make any, which I'm still not, you know, uh, convinced Chuck Fletcher is the guy to do that. But the major moves because of salary constraints, because all the shit with the uh, expansion draft, mm-hmm. it's all going to have to be this off season. And I fully understand that. I was happy right. they moved on. I was happy they moved on from some fringe pieces who you know, they can get something for, like or a fifth and a seventh round pick you know, something to write home about or whatever. No, but I'm glad that I'm glad that they recognize they had to do like subtract some pieces, get some Mm. sort of return. A fifth round pick is worth more than Michael Raffle at this point. That that is true. And there is, you know, the off chance that, you know, he ends up back here anyway in the next because that seems to be. What do you think about that? Do you think that's like a real possibility? 
I mean, realistically speaking, no, but it's like, it was funny because I saw a comment because like, <laughs> I seen a comment on one of the posts the, uh, from today and they were just like, oh, well, maybe if, because this was before Lawton actually got his extension. They're like, oh, well, maybe we could trade Lawton and, you know, he can come back if he doesn't like the new team he's with. Like, you know, how Derek Grant, you know, we traded for Derek Grant last year. And uh, what was it? We he, he, he wrote out the season with us and he ended up signing back with Anaheim again. So it's just like I could see that kind of situation possibly happening sometime down the line. I'm not ruling out the possibility. I know it's not likely, but. Yeah, I'm not ruling out the possibility. I just really don't want it. Like, to bring Michael Roffel back for a ninth season in Philadelphia, like, I mean, I a, feel like almost a decade went by and we don't have somebody better than Michael Roffel. All right. Well, that's the other thing is, like, if I feel like I want to bring Roffel back, I want to try and bring him back on a team that's actually willing to compete, that's willing, that looks like, that's not even like, not even looking like, that is ready to compete for the cup. Like, I don't know where we would put him per se, but I mean, I, I, I just say, you know, just screw it. See what, see what happens, you know? Yeah, um, I, I get it. And he's, he's a fine player. I'm just like, there has to be somebody in this organization who can do what Raffle did for less money. Like there has right, to be. Right. And the thing with Gustafson, honestly, I'm not surprised that, you know, he ended up being dealt at the trade deadline for a second consecutive year because I think what was it last year he played for Chicago or he started with Chicago and then he was traded to the flames for like a pick or two or something like that. Yeah. He's the type of guy you think's going to get traded, like has offensive upside. He's depth. He's, you know, a quote unquote NHL player. Right. Uh, you, you know, you know, they trade him for a seventh round pick. It's not like Montreal is thinking, Oh yeah, this is our missing piece. They're just thinking, right. Hey, we need another guy, and he's exactly that. Um, it, it didn't fit in here. It didn't work. I'm glad they at least made the uh, they made the distinction. Like, oh yeah, he doesn't have a place here. Fuck it. Let's get literally anything for him. And they got you know a seventh round pick for him. I mean, I personally would have preferred a player too, but that's just me. Um, Gustav. Yeah, it's like when Fletcher made the signing this past summer, I kind of looked, I, I looked up the name because it's like, that was a player name that didn't really like, it's one of those names that's just, you're just like, wait, who is this? Like, and it's just like, you know, and I think I remember reading off him saying something along the lines of, oh, he's an offensive minded defenseman, similar to how Ghost is offensive minded. But it's like, Ghost is one of, you know, our own draft picks you know he's developed and okay yes i can kind of see some i mean a a couple similarities maybe but like it's essentially having a ghost 2.0 but like inferior if that makes sense. yeah and that's uh thanks a lot nikki like Mm -hmm. that was the um we all said you know when they made the signing of eric gustafson like and we'll see how it works but clearly they swung and missed on some other pieces. They just needed another body on defense, so they took a chance on Eric Gustafson, and it very much did not work. Uh, Like just another type of player who is going to drive a a coach nuts, and like Nikki said, you know, Ghost at least has been here. We know what to expect from him. Yes, there's bad, but the good can often outweigh it. Having more than one of those guys, and I don't think they're exact – I don't think they're exact – replicas of each other ghost is more of a skate with the puck kind of guy shoot first i think gustafson gets 
a lot of uh, Gustafson more as a breakout passer and like slap pass, more setup type guy, more assist oriented. Obviously, Ghost picks up assists, but like oftentimes it's off de- deflections and rebounds and stuff. Uh, they're a little different, and there was a chance it could work. Hell, in the offseason, I was saying, fuck it, put them together, see what happens. Basically, play with five forwards, Ghost and Gus together with a, you know an offensive line out there, see how it goes. But it did not work. Uh, and I've, I've, I've roasted uh, Chuck Fletcher for that signing, but. Uh, at least he made the determination that we should get something for him because screw it. What's the point? All right, let's get some more calls in here. The egg, the egg man, you are on. Hello, egg. Egg going once. Yeah, no, egg. I'm, I'm oh, here. There you are. There you okay. are. Yeah, I, I can hear you now. There you are. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of the Phillies got rained down. I'm kind of keeping track of the Sixers here. I'm reading about the draft and, and then I, I, I come up, across the Sam Carcitti's story about um, putting the players on Fletcher, putting the players on notice. And I, I kind of, you know, I, I would have been in favor of Fletcher and AV being released, but you know what? Like, you know, maybe, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we finally need a GM to say, you know, you know, this parade of coaches being let go because of these players. No, no, we're going to start holding them responsible and maybe ship some of their asses out of town this summer. What do you think? That's uh, yeah. I don't want to fire a coach, you know, less than two seasons in. Um, I will say it's kind of laughable that Chuck Fletcher put the players on notice and like literally no one has lost their jobs. Like he hasn't done anything to improve the team since the summer of 2019. Like, (laughs) yeah, the players need to be better, but like, so do you, bro. Um, Right. Yeah. This summer things have to happen, but I think this was at least they, um, like I talked about on the post game the other day, at least they uh, got some, got some draft capital. Sure. It's a fifth and a seventh, whatever, but it's something more than they had. They didn't have a fifth round pick and now they do. So at least it's something. No, yeah, I, I I agree, and I and I don't know if Fletcher's the guy for the job because you know they they acted like they went to the Stanley Cup final, they won one round, and his idea to improve the team was to bring Eric Gustafson in, who sucks. You just traded for a seventh right. round, like that's your big off season acquisition. The only thing you did was worth a seventh round pick around the league. Right. Yeah, he needs to have a big. He needs to have a big off season. They need. We talked yesterday about the tickets and everything. They they really need to get their act together, this franchise. It's been 6,578 days, I think, since the last Cup, and 30 of the last years have been underachieving years. And it's they really need to pull their act together here. 100%. Thanks a lot, dude. Uh, yep. Appreciate it. Uh, let's, get, uh, let's go to Zach Boyle. Zach, you are live on the Trade Deadline Reaction Show. Yeah, Bill, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. First and foremost, see you later. See you later, Gustafson. Uh, yeah, will not be missed. Uh, no. Have a nice trip out to Montreal. Enjoy that ten month dead period that they call winter up there. Um, <laughs> second of all, I'm tired of people that just blame coaches when the team is underperforming. Case in point, Doug Peterson. That man won this only Super Bowl in this entire town's godforsaken history. And what do we do? We get rid of him. And then we get rid of Carson. And we're just like, you know what? Blow the whole thing up. Because for whatever reason, this season just isn't working. So typical Philadelphia fashion, let's blow everything up. Let's overreact without thinking logically in any shape, form, or fashion. 
Like, let's just not ignore the fact that they gave him, like, no weapons. Case, like, the same thing could be happening right now. Like, Philadelphia has no defense. The goaltending has been absolutely atrocious. We have uh, a guy that's coaching the special teams that is, I'm pretty, like, pretty sure we're 29th and 30th in, like, both categories, respectively. Like, like there's so many problems wrong with this team that it's not AV's fault at all. Yeah, and like I don't think I don't think the head coach is blameless in this. Obviously, when a team underachieves this badly, there's blame to go around. But it's just like we talk all the time when a coach gets unexpectedly great goaltending, he becomes like a Jack Adams finalist. And when he gets bad goaltending, he gets fired. Like it's it, it very much determines the outcomes of seasons and. When the defense for most of the season has no interest in stopping anybody and the goalies are right there with them, like, what can you do? Like We've said a bunch of times, as disappointing as this team is, as frustrating as this team is, if the team's save percentage is like 9-10 instead of the worst a team has had a save percentage since the lockout, like they're in the playoffs, you know, like as bad as every other aspect is, if they're just average, they're in. I, I completely agree. Uh, and this, this season would be entirely different if we had the same exact results, but like a 10% better save percentage. Yeah. It, 100%. It, it, it would be an insanely different game. The, I, I guess the, the thing that's interesting now that I, I, I want to just come on here and talk about is how laughably bad Washington was at the trade deadline and also fuck Boston. How dare they take Taylor Hall for basically nothing like Anders Bjork in a second. Are you serious? We couldn't make that trade. We, we couldn't figure out a way to make that work. I mean, what does Taylor Hall do for this? Like, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, sure. Taylor Hall in the abstract. Absolutely. But his production has really dried up and a guy who's had losing basically follow him everywhere throughout his career. That's the last thing in the world that I need in this locker room right now. I, I think they need to bring in more top-end players, obviously, this offseason. But, like, swinging a trade for Taylor Hall at this trade deadline, that doesn't make this team any better. No, I, I, I just throw him out there as an example of, like, what players were going for. I would have loved to have David Savard for what he went for. I mean, that, that would have been a great find for this organization. No, and that's, you know... If they had made these moves a couple of weeks ago, if they had just been playing it, like they just lost their third game to Buffalo. If they were playing at some level that allowed the GM to go, yeah, I'll make an investment. Sure, go get a David Savard. But I, I just, how do you do it now? How do you go and bring somebody in and spend assets when it's like, we're terrible? No, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, last thing I'll say is just, I'm I'm going to enjoy laughing at what Washington is doing, which is basically what Pittsburgh was doing when they were going on all those cup runs, which is just like sell the farm, get rid of everyone. We're we're going to go out and get players that do not abs- like we're getting rid of Ponick and Verana for Mantha, which is basically equivalent to like a lesser version of Verana and a first and a second. So I will enjoy watching their their ship their ship sink. I feel you. Thanks a lot, Zach. I'll never. A team that's going all in, a team that's chasing it, um, a team that knows their window is closing, I'll never criticize them for going for it because, shit, that's what I want my teams to do. Uh, But you always have to look at, like, what are we actually getting? Uh, Andrew McFeeders. Andrew, you are live. 
Hey, Bill, I just wanted to talk through my thoughts a little bit on this Lawton extension because I'm a little bit torn on it, to be honest. Okay, what are you thinking? Well, my first thought was five years, that's a pretty long time for a towards-the-bottom-of-the-lineup player, but, you know, $3 million, it's really not a bad cap hit. I'm happy with it. I like Lawton. He's not a great player, but he's a good player. But now, it's a little bit more maybe irrational. I don't necessarily want the team to run based off of these kind of crazy fan thinkings. But it just doesn't sit right with me that this team is this bad. And the big move they make is, hey, let's extend a third liner for five more years. I know the changes are going to come in the offseason, but it just seems like a mockery almost that, yeah, the coaches are going to stay. Nothing's going to change. But this guy that's not even a top of the lineup player, we need him for five more years when this team isn't even winning. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with the action was, sure, I like Scott Lawton. You know, he's a nice player. Uh, I like what he brings to a lineup. Like I said, he's versatile. You can play him anywhere. He's not out of place. If he's on your fourth line, you have an awesome fourth line. If he's on your second line, your second line will not get killed. Uh, but, like, that's that's the message we're sending. At the trade deadline, yeah, the, you know, they moved on from Raffle. They moved on from Gustafson, whatever. But it's just more of, yeah, let's keep things the same. It's it's so much of what's frustrating me about this team throughout this season is nothing is – they're shit. They're absolute shit. And the GM's reaction is like, huh, I guess we're all right. Like that, That's what we're looking at. Yeah, I agree so much, Bill. Charlie and all of the people that cover the team say the changes are probably coming. He's going to have to get a top the man. And I believe them all, and I think that's going to happen, but – I, I just need to see it happen because until then, it just seems like everyone is complacent with this and is willing to just say, uh, it's a bad year, but oh well, that's fine. We all wasted a, another year of watching this team, but what can you do? Yeah, and I, I agree with you 100%. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, like, this team is, they're stuck in the mud, and it's another year wasted of Couturier's prime of Giroux still being a top end player. And we're just going to, you know, maybe they do have this great off season. Maybe that's possible. I'm not confident in Chuck Fletcher, but Hey, I've been proven wrong before. I will gladly be proven wrong again. But the main takeaway of today is yes, we're keeping somebody for five years. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well. Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you are live. Yo, what's up, Bill? How's it going tonight? Um, Not too bad. I, I Someone just uh, – ta- Barry just talked about it in uh, the chat. Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know. They might – I kind of have a feeling they might make a run this year again. Uh, you have Jeff, Jeff Carter as a potential third-line center. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of interested to watch that. Um, and but I was on um, the Canadians' Twitter earlier. When when they tweeted it out uh, that they picked up Gustafson, people were like, low-key a W. I was like, what the fuck? Have you watched games at all this year? Jesus Christ, he's he's awful. Oh. Yeah, like first seventh-round pick, a guy who might not play every night. I get it. Like, it's – you're not – you're not giving anything up for him. Maybe he scores a goal for you here or there. You know, it's – it's not a difference maker, but it's a body. If you if you lose a defenseman or two, you have a guy who can go in there, and he's a like I said, quote unquote NHL player. I don't think it makes Montreal any better. You know, this doesn't improve them at all. But 
It's something to have. It's a break glass just in case move. I mean, he's been terrible this year. The only thing he can do is be better than he was, or at least the same. Uh, I, I'm glad they got something for him. I'm glad they at least recognized, wow, yeah, this guy we signed with, you know, for a one year deal brings nothing to the lineup. He has no place in the lineup. Let's literally get anything for him. I'm glad they came to that distinction. Uh, but, you know, it's Eric Gustafson. He stinks. Yeah, 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 100%. Uh, I, I was surprised um, with what Boston did. Uh, I know, I, I don't remember who was on who talked about it. Um, Boston kind of surprised me. So did Washington. Um, but right now, if we look at the games in hand, I, I know we're still only four points out because, I mean, maybe hell, Boston's going through the shame shit we're going through right now. I mean, they just lost 8-1 to one against fucking Washington last night. So uh, we're, we're still in the hunt. But Right, they got to make up ground. I mean, McAvoy's out, Grizzlick's out, uh, Frederick's out, Carlo's out, uh, Halak's out. I just, I we're we're hurting ourselves. So I I want to see more of the younger guys uh, from the farm system come up and play. Uh, if we lose it, uh, the next couple of games, um, see how that works out. Um, and trade deadline wise, I just don't know how I feel about the the Lawton deal. I I, I don't know. Um, like uh, no, I'm torn on it too. I like Lawton, and it's a it's a fine deal. I don't, I don't have any problem with the money or anything. Five years seems like a while, but it just seems like an odd message to send. Like, yep, we're bringing everyone back. Yeah, that's and you know you guys talked about it on the podcast before about being so like this is more of like a family oriented team, and they just need an asshole and. I don't think this is it, man. I mean, we'll see, but uh, I, I don't know as of right now, and it's uh, we'll, we'll see how it works. But I'm just not a fan of it. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Hunter. Um, it's things need to change, and we all agree. Like, even if we can divorce ourselves from the last seven years and just say, like, kind of a shitty year, kind of a bad luck year, it's not like things don't need to change somewhat. And just the idea of another guy being back that they could have got something for something substantial potentially, you know? Um, I like Lawton. I do. I'd rather have him on the team than not, but also, I don't know. Like, how good is Scott Lawton really? You know, <laughs> he's a nice player. I, I think he brings a, a necessary element to any lineup. That's why I think good teams wanted him. It's just like, man, there would have been a Scott Lawton in free agency, right? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about the Scott Lawton deal. Maybe uh, some of the next couple callers will before we wrap things up. Mr. 69. Hey, Mr. 69, you are with us. Hey, Bill. Um, so about the Lawton contract, I mean, I don't hate it because I think in the next couple of years with uh, the new TV deal, the salary cap's going to go up eventually. So I guess maybe the last three years of that deal – it's not going to look as bad, but no, I agree. I just don't trust the owners to, um, I don't trust the owners and I don't think the players association has enough of a backbone. Like I, I, the labor situation in hockey just drives me insane. And all this shit, like the cap shouldn't be flat for the next, however long it's freaking insane that that's even the world we're in. But since it is, it's just like, you know, we're talking about we, we need, as much as I love Ghost, we need Ghost's four and a half million. Much as I love JVR, we need JVR's seven million. Much as I like Jake, we need Jake's eight million. All right, well, here's three more. Yeah, so I, I no, I 100% agree with you there. 
But I took a couple things out of the press conference with uh, Chuck Fletcher where he, I guess he hinted at protecting Lawton, which would probably then expose either Patrick, um, JVR, or Voracek, which honestly getting rid of one of the two bigger contracts would be uh, like a almost like a win for the Flyers at this point. But it kind of sent this Lawton contract kind of sends a message to Nolan Patrick, does it not? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think even if you don't believe they were aggressively shopping him, which I don't know if they were aggressively shopping him because, like, he makes nothing and he still has that potential. If they were aggressively shopping him, someone would have made a move for him. Um, Like, I think signing him sends the message they're absolutely going to protect him. Like, you just handed $15 million to a guy and we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to see. Because they need – they need badly as much as I like, I want to keep JVR and I don't think they're going to take Jake Seattle. You need them to take one of those two to have that cap space. Like you, that's, I like both those players a lot, but you need that money and exposing a Nolan Patrick. I don't know if they'd be that interested in him, but he's just, that does nothing for you if you lose him for nothing, you know, like he he might be someone you can only throw in a bigger trade. Like I think you'd have to have a trade package that had, you know, just Nolan Patrick as a part of it to get something back for him. But they need Seattle to take one of those two deals, Jake or JVR, just to open up some space. I don't want to give them the option of, of Nolan Patrick. Yeah. I think it would cost more than a first round pick for, um, Seattle to take on Jake's contract for sure. Yeah, I, you'd have to bribe them to get them to take Jake. I think maybe if you told if you sent them a prospect to take on JVR or like a like a second or a third round pick, that might be doable. But I, I think JVR is going to be the odd man out here. Yeah, I think like he's got at the time of the expansion draft when this season ends, he'll have two years left at seven million a year. Like. That's a good deal for a bona fide goal scorer like JVR. You'd have to spend more on the open market to get what he gives you. I, granted, do I think he's an all-star? No. But he's having a good season, even though he's in a little bit of a goal drought. And I think they'd gladly take him at that price with the short term left on his contract. Uh, it's just, I, I don't even know if, you've ha- if you'd have to bribe them, considering what else maybe we're exposing. Like, they have to get to a salary floor. At a certain point, they have to take high-priced players from somebody, and JVR I think would be pretty attractive to them in that scenario, but I I don't – yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's going to play out, and we'll just have to wait and see. It's one of the things that's making this offseason very frustrating. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks a lot. All right, let's get to a couple more and then wrap this thing up. Josh Schuster, you are live. Hey, Bill. Um, So – a couple of things um, and, and a couple of things have, have been said. Um, I, I think from the trade deadline today, I went in not expecting them to realistically do anything, um, which I guess is fine. Cause well, they're just free falling and I guess whatever um, we'll, we'll suffer and, I like they made I expected them to do quote unquote nothing, but of the four guys I thought they were gonna trade, two of them got traded and one of them got re signed. So like 
I guess they did something. Is it substantial? No, but I expected, you know, I think the substantial moves are going to happen this offseason. Yeah, and that, I guess, is where I, I, I like, I like Lawton. I really do. But I'm, I'm struggling with the contract because the Flyers are not in a good cap situation this offseason. Lawton really plays bottom, uh, a bottom role. Um, no, in an ideal world, he's a nice third liner. You know, like yeah, as much as yeah, I liked him with TK and Hayes on the second line. But is that what I want my second line to be? No, no, not at all. You know, uh, I, as a three C or you know some sort of swing player in the bottom six, awesome. Uh, and he's getting paid like that, and that's fine. But yeah, I, it's but just his, another it's another filled roster spot now. His production is trending towards not even being what it was last year. He's getting more money, a five-year term. The defense is just abysmal. That $3 million needed to be used on defense. It did not need to be used on realistically a third-line player. Yeah, And that's where my frustration kind of sets in. And I'm kind of really beginning to hit the worried button on what um, Fletcher is going to do because he's going to have to shed salary. And then it's going to get to the point where the return you're going to get, you're either giving up huge assets for not a lot or you are holding back like upwards of 50% (laughs) in order to get anything back. And it's a little terrifying, especially in an expansion draft. It is. They, but anyway. Yeah, no, I, I feel you, Josh, because in a season where there's just so much financial uncertainty and you're going to have to – like there's going to have to be sacrifices made. Like they're going to lose a Jake Voracek trade if they trade Jake Voracek. They're going to lose a Shane Gostaspair trade if they trade Shane Gostaspair. And it's all fine because it's in the name of salary cap management. We want that space so we can go out and upgrade this team. That's $3 million for the foreseeable future. You know, like Chuck Fletcher's talking about nobody wants any term. Nobody wants to take on term. Well, Scott Lawton, you ain't going to be able to move him now. Five-year deal? He's he's here. He's here for five years, at least three or four. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Josh. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get to Tanner Robertson. Tanner, you are live. Hey, Bill. Um, I wanted to talk about something that I haven't heard brought up very often. I know we're all concerned about the 1D spot. Um, my sort of additional concern on that is what we're going to do in terms of the goaltending situation in this off season. So, you know, Moose's contract is up and I think we say, you know, farewell to Moose. Sure. I think we're all, we're all hoping that Carter Hart bounces back, but we need to have a guy in case Carter comes back just as bad as he's been this season to where if Carter's bad, we don't just light the season on fire like we have this year. Um, so, you know, ideally we need a guy that if Carter comes back and he's great, and assuming we signed Carter to some kind of a cheap bridge deal because he was just dog shit this season. Um, a guy that, you know, he can play 30 games if we need him to. But if Carter's bad, can play 50 or 60 games this season. And I, I don't know if there's a guy out there that can do that for us in our cap situation. And I'm concerned that, about it. 
That's a great point because they, no matter what you think of Carter Hart, and I think he's going to be eventually fine, but I don't know what that eventually looks like. Like it could be 27 before he's fucking what I think he's going to be. You know, goalies are nuts. Uh, they need to upgrade that spot. It has to be somebody. Listen, if this could be one of them good problems we talked about in the offseason show, uh, you know, okay, yeah, if Nolan Patrick. Um, if Nolan Patrick becomes what he's supposed to become, Kevin Hayes being the most overpaid 3C in the league, like that's one of them good problems. Like If they go out and upgrade the other goalie spot and Carter Hart becomes what he's supposed to become next year, that's one of them good problems. But they absolutely need to go into the year thinking it's a tandem. And if right. Hart, Carter Hart breaks out and he's what he's supposed to be, then it's not a tandem, and the other guy's just a backup. But as of now, you got to be looking at 50-50, 60-40, something like that. Right. I, and we need somebody that can just give us even just close to the league average in terms of a save percentage so that if this happens – we can't have this happen again to where our season no. is just lost because of this. No, and, and, like, and like I said earlier, like as, as frustrating as this team has been, as many problems as they have, if they're getting league average goaltending, they're in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, yeah, I yeah, feel you. That's my concern. All right, thanks, Bill. Right, thanks a lot, Tanner. <laughs> and we'll close it out with Nikki Hall. Nikki, you are bookending the show once again. What's going on? Uh, you know, the usual. But actually, the one thing that, and I know that we more so touch up on it when it comes to post games. it's like, you know, Pro- Provorov's supposed to be our number one defenseman. And honestly, I haven't seen... Okay, maybe it's just because this is a weird year, but like his rookie season, you could tell he was winning board. He was doing like literally everything because he had, you know, a decent D-man. But it's like we've been constantly shuffling D-men. And it's like, you know, the one thing I feel like we should definitely actually not even definitely, but for certain address this offseason is finding that number one defenseman to pair with him so he can get his game back because like. That's, and it's the toughest thing, like, other than, obviously, like, goalie is the toughest thing to find. Flyers right. been trying to fill that spot forever. But, like, man, teams with number one defensemen are typically pretty good, so they're not moving them. Like, it's got to be, an ex- like, a, a, a tough circumstance to come across one of those guys. Like, Dougie Hamilton's a free agent. That's right. why it's so oh imperative God. that they – It's that's why it's so imperative that they find this cap space oh, oh so they can gosh. go out and make a move like that. Like it's what they have to do. I like Ivan Provorov, and I, I've seen enough out of him that I think he's a good player, better than he is this year. But I've also seen enough inconsistency out of him season to season that he's not that one. He's not that guy who's your number one that you win a cup with. Maybe at 30 he will be, but that's – so far in the future that like I can't wait around for it. They need to go find that guy. I mean, I can definitely see that perspective, but I kind of want to see both sides of the coin when it comes to that type of like, yeah, okay, I don't see Provorov as like the guy for us. Like, oh my gosh, you know, he's the one, you know, and I don't even want to like say like, you know, he would be anything to like, I don't expect him to be a Chris Pronger or Bobby Orr, so to speak. Well, yeah, that's. But, uh, I don't expect anybody to be the best ever. Like that's that's fucking ridiculous. Right. You know? Like, I mean, if we pick it, if we pick up, like, if we pick up that type of defenseman, we pick up that type of defenseman. But although I do want to move on to another point, but honestly, if we were, if we somehow in some shot in the dark managed to get a hold or managed to sign Dougie Hamilton, I think that would, I would, I, I would. 
I would I would approve that deal. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, yes. I'm also a Hurricanes fan, so it's just like not even the aspect of him leaving Carolina and coming here. Just like you know, I've seen him playing Carolina. You know, I've seen him throughout the years in Carolina. You know, he is pretty damn good. Like, you I know, mean, there's a reason Carolina has been the sexy pick, and now this year they're reaching their potential, and they have other guys coming around. Like, but. Yeah, he. I think Hamilton, especially paired with another top end guy like Provorov, could be um, like that's a pair you can you can compete with. Like I, I can only imagine how how good it would honestly be to like actually like pick up a guy like Hamilton and pair him with Provorov. Or it would Provorov, just excuse me. It would no. It would it would um, the energy it would provide this fan base and like listen, there's going to be. There's 31 teams in the league. There's going to be like 25 teams trying to get themselves some of Dougie Hamilton, you know? Right, but, right. And that's why it's so imperative that the Flyers fix their cap situation. Right. And I'm not saying, and I'm sure that there is a good chance that they will, even if it does happen this offseason with the expansion draft impending or pending. So, like, and that's the other thing is like, you know, yeah, I can, I understand that, you know, Lawton essentially being locked up for five years, 300, however much million, like, yes, that exposes either JVR or Patrick to the expansion draft. But at the same time, there is, a, I mean, there's also, there's the risk in, with the reward in, in, in that type of situation. Cause like, yes, we lose Patrick or Voracek to the expansion draft. Yes, it's not, it wouldn't be ideal, but. You know, that also being said, it frees up our cap space to go and get somebody like Dougie Hamilton. Oh, like, shit. You know? Like, I'm, I'm as big of a Jake defender other than maybe Charlie O'Connor as there is. Like, I, I get why people get frustrated with Jake because I right. get just as frustrated, too. Right, but if right. you if if Seattle takes him in the expansion draft, I will be elated. And honestly, it wouldn't be the worst thing to happen to us. Like... We have, I've seen some pretty terrible deals, even though, I mean, yeah, in, I, I've heard and seen some pretty terrible deals with this organization. I feel like losing some, someone like Jake would really not like, and don't get me wrong, he's a great, he's a, you know, he's a good guy. He's, okay, maybe this year he's, this is a weird year for everybody, for the entire team. Yeah, if I'm being sure. 100% honest here. Like, we had half our team on COVID protocol from February until what March or April or yeah. whatever. So, I mean, I mean, let's, you know, just at at this point I'm kind of a just fuck it, let's see what see what happens, see what we can go for, like you know, what 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 is there really to lose at this point? Like and do, and do I really see Fletcher as being the guy to be like, "Oh hell yeah, I'll make that trade." No, but I mean, stranger things have happened. So I mean, let's, they have. We can, and that's that's why I'm not. And thanks a lot, Nikki. Uh, and that's and that's why I'm not. Um, like, yeah, I like Jake a lot. Losing him for nothing. Um, there's still somebody in here somehow. I don't know how. I dropped everyone from the room, but I'm still getting background noise, which is insane. Um, I'll just wrap it up here. I want to just wrap up like the idea of losing Jake for nothing in the expansion draft. And I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I I think the guy we're probably going to lose is JVR just because two years at seven mil a year, ain't that bad for a goal scorer, a Jake trade. You're going to have to take something back. 
like something pretty pretty expensive, and I want that cap space. You're going to maybe lose the trade and also not gain the cap space. It would be pretty beneficial to just say, okay, see you, Jake, to Seattle, but I don't think that's going to happen. All right, that's all the time I have for you on this trade deadline reaction show. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you for hanging out. Of course, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom. Content delivered to you daily. It's super simple. Uh, we'll be back with some BSH Radio flagship show at some point this week. Of course, I'll be back with the post games. Uh, you'll get fly perbly, all the normal shit. Checking out the competition. You love it. You know it. Uh, so give us a five star review. How about that? If you're listening on podcasts right now, you already have your podcast player open. Just hit the write a review button. Hit five stars. Say something nice. You know, I'd appreciate it. All right, that's it. Uh, I'll be back after the next game. Until then, have a great week, everybody.